You're listening to a Leisure Moment podcast with your host, Deetra Helvey, who's always ready to have a casual conversation about her love for literature. Did you get a chance to listen to my casual conversation with author Kristen Lindsay Hager? If so, you are in for a double treat. Here is part two, almost an entire year later, with more great conversations still to come. Boy, does time fly. Be sure to enter Kristen's giveaway for an e-copy of her first novel in the series, True Colors, for the entire month of October. Enjoy. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Deetra. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? Doing wonderful. Thank you. Well, we are so excited to have you again. For a casual conversation, you know you're the first author that I've had as a repeat, and I'm so super excited about it. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you know, in our last discussion, we talked about um, your first book, True Colors. And now we're going to talk about Best Friends Forever. And then I just realized that you actually have a book that's coming out this week. Yes, uh, Next Door to a Star is coming out this week. And is this middle grade or young adult? Young adult, but it's a clean read, so it would be acceptable for younger readers. There's no, nothing um, except, you know, and and toward for the kids or anything like that. You know, clean, very clean. Oh, okay. Well, you know, if could you give us a little synopsis of this? I, I would just love for us to be able to um, discuss Next Door to a Star as well. Oh, well, Next Door to a Star is about Hadley Daniels. Um, she's a freshman in high school, and her best friend moved away. And she was one of those people that had the forever friend where you just hung out with one person and finds it very hard to find her new group. And her grandparents come up with the idea of her coming to visit Grand Haven, Michigan, which is a beach town. And they happen to live next door to a former teen TV star, Simone Hendrickson. So Hadley wants to fit in with Simone's group, and she's very taken in by the fact that Simone is everything. She's not pretty, popular, famous. And you go through the whole notions of, you know, trying to be accepted by this group, finding your own tribe. And sometimes Hadley makes, you know, decisions where she ignores, you know, true friends to try to hang out with Simone's clique. And, of course, there's a boy. You know, there's yeah. always a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you really learn that you have to be a friend to have a friend. And I think that's um, one of the features um, within the stories that you tell that really appeals and draws to the young adult, um, young adult reader. Um, and even with Landry's True Color series, here you have Landry and she's dealing with certain um, things that our you know, young adult kids are dealing with today. And just in looking at what Best Friends is about and that whole synopsis of, of high school starting, I'm thinking of, of my 14-year-old who just finished two weeks of high school. You know, and these are things that kids kids are going through. And so to read about them is, is great. And they can pick up that book and just kind of be able to feel those characters and see how the author um, turns the situ- situation around. Right, 
Yeah, and I just attended my high school reunion, and that was really going back in time, so many memories that I had forgotten about. And I thought I remembered high school and middle school pretty well. And going through, you know, the the reunion, there are people that I've known since I was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And so, so many memories from grade school, middle school, and high school really came back to me. Um, And really, I could see myself more in Landry and even more like in Hadley and some of the girls and and that's in that book as well because, I mean, you're seeing people you haven't seen for years and it really triggered some of those old memories, Mm -hmm. um, both good and bad, of course, Mm -hmm. and it really put me right back in that whole mindset of, you know, those years, those teen years. Right. And and you have an upcoming um, book tour for Best Friends Forever with Lola Tours um, to kind of feature book two. So tell me a little bit about the writing process for book two. Um, did you already kind of know where your characters were going when you finished um, book one? But tell us a little bit about that process. Well, when I finished True Colors, I started writing the second book. I didn't have a contract or anything for True Colors when I started Best Friends Forever. Mm -hmm. But um, I just really loved being in Landry's world, and I really felt like I needed to continue on with that. So I was um, writing, I think I had um, over half finished, maybe not, maybe a little less than half, Mm -hmm. when I got the contract for True Colors. And so all of a sudden, you know, you go into editing mode and then you come back to the story. And I started getting feedback on True Colors as I was writing Best Friends Forever and seeing what worked, seeing what really appealed to young readers, like the self-esteem issues. Um, I had a lot of parents, teachers, and teenagers um, email me and message me to let me know how they were feeling about Landry's situation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, here she is, you know, she's trying out for modeling competitions, and even she doesn't feel good about herself some days. And mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of teenagers and um middle school kids who reached out and said that they had had struggled with their weight and they kind of thought they were the only ones. They kind of thought mm-hmm. that everybody else in school, that they looked good, they felt that they didn't show insecurity, so they must not be insecure. Mm-hmm. And reading the book really opened up the eyes to some of these kids who wrote me. And so I kept, I really had that in mind as I was finishing the book and I um, was able to really take the characters further and I really saw I felt Landry grew but I felt she grew in a realistic way. I don't like those books where the teenager overnight all of a sudden has all the answers. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, as an adult, I don't wake up with all the answers. Neither do but I. I wanted, to, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to come gradually and realistically. And there are times when you get to that point where you don't know where to turn next and you do need to go get help. And that was something I was not good about as a teen. I internalized everything. If I was dealing with something at school, you know, my friends were mad at me, I didn't come home and tell you know, my mom, because I knew my mom was, you know, who do I need to call, you know, that kind of thing. That's right. I internalized a lot. And then I started eventually opening up to my dad, and he had been a counselor, and he was an assistant principal, and he was very sensitive to kids' feelings. And you really see that in, in Mr. Albright, because Landry turns to her dad. And a lot of the advice that she gets from her dad is advice my dad got from dealing with teenagers, because he was the, you know, 7th through ninth grade for over 30 years, mm-hmm. um, things he picked up on. You know, and which is a different than most adults would give. Most parents would not give that kind of advice. They would be more like, you know, how can I protect my baby? And right. he was he was coming at it from the kid's point of view. And so that's where Landry kind of learns to, you know, deal with the, the frenemies and things. And because in, in this particular case, it's her two best friends that she gets um, mm-hmm. in a situation. Which once she tells the truth about something that's going 
um, behind the girl's back, and she kind of gets punished for it, you know. And with the other case, it's a misunderstanding, but it hurts more when it's a good friend. Well, and, and you know, you mentioned your dad, and he recently passed away, but you had a post, August the 28th, um, just recently, and you shared with your readers um, the lessons that he taught you. And I just have to say to everyone, if you haven't had the opportunity to go to Kristen's website and to look at the August 28th post, when I read all of those lessons, Kristen, I mean, they really hit home for me as well. I'm thinking, yes, I need to be doing this, 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 and this. And such an inspiration um, to help mold that character for you, for um, Landry's dad as well. And I just thought it was very inspiring, so inspiring. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to read it. Um, you know, we were shocked to lose him, um, but really, right after he passed away, students from schools he hadn't done it in years started reaching out to other teachers. And these are people that had moved, you know, because he worked in Michigan. These are people all over. And they were contacting other teachers that might still be in contact with my mom, um, finding me through my website, Googling, because my name was in the obituary. Mm-hmm. And letting us know that they were the kids that were kind of falling through the cracks, the ones that weren't going to go and seek out help, the ones that people kind of gave up on. Mm-hmm. And they shared story after story about how my dad, you know, took time with them, didn't just hand out punishments for what they were doing wrong, but took time. And that, to me, really shows the character of my dad mm-hmm. and really spoke to me uh, how many people, because we had no idea. I mean, kids go on, graduate, go and do their thing. We had no idea how many mm-hmm. people he reached out to so and I hope that with the series that I can continue to share his advice I mean it wasn't intentional when I started out to have my dad's legacy I had no clue but um, a cousin said to me you know your dad's advice is going to live on now through Mr. Albright and to me that, that really meant a lot it was just a natural flow there. It was it was meant to be. And now as others read read this series and read your books, they'll also be able to continue to 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 get that inspiration and advice from him as well. And I just think that that is just so wonderful. So so when you look into book 3, have you started writing it yet or what's on the horizon? Book three is finished, and I'm actually working on book four, so I'm just waiting to hear um, from editors about what we're going to do next with book three, so that I can, you know, get working on that with the editors, but yeah, book three is finished, and working on book four, and that's been been very therapeutic with everything I've been going through, Mm -hmm. Um, but really, as you get going with these, you start coming up with more ideas for how the character can grow, different things she's going to experience because she's getting ready to go into high school now. Right. Um, so she's going to have her eighth grade graduation, probably about book four. And, you know, you have the whole summer and dealing with, you know, boys. And she's terrified to go to high school. Like, I was. <laughs> <laughs> she went to that orientation in book two and just about, you know, had a little mini heart attack in the hallway. Everyone looked older. And that's exactly how I felt. When I went in eighth grade to the ninth grade orientation, this was uh, in February, it was well before school started, to take you on that tour, and I was terrified. Everyone there looked 16, and I never really looked young for my age uh-huh. at that time, but I felt like I should be wearing Oshkosh by gosh overalls, you know? 
I was right. terrified. And all the guys seemed so much older than the grade school guys I had been going, you know, because they, they were coming from the public school middle school. And I was, you know, a private school girl, very sheltered. And I just felt like I was just, like, thrown into this, like, wolves den or something. It was terrifying. So I have Landry go through the same thing, and she goes to her orientation. Well, you know, and I missed my orientation because it was just in my eighth grade year um, that right at the end when my parents, my dad found out he was transferring to a whole nother town, which was about four hours away. So I was devastated. So it was just there was no um, orientation for me. I ended up just being there on the first day of school with people and folks I didn't know. And it was just like the worst experience ever for those first few months. So your book really does give um, that realistic view for kids and I say kids but you know young adults to to um, be able to experience the things that they could possibly be going through do you take your series or do you have visits to schools where you're able to talk with with kids about the theme of your books I haven't done school visits yet but I have met with some um, young people teenagers preteens and talked to them about things you know that's going on with them um, I've, I've been lucky that way to have people to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently, um, a couple months ago, found at my mother's house a whole bunch of old journals from junior high and from high school. And let me tell you, that was a treasure trove right there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Now, listen, did it, have, did it have Hello Kitty on it? I'm trying to think. Did you have something with Hello Kitty on it? Oh, yes, there was a lot of healthy. I like to decorate with stickers, apparently. Okay. Every picture, there's like 55 stickers. So, yeah, and there were, there were celebrity crushes I forgot about. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, there was, there was some interesting stuff there. I, yeah. I was um, thinking you were a Hello Kitty girl. For some reason, I, I thought I saw a picture not too long ago, or maybe, you know, could have been six months ago, of you holding some Hello Kitty stuff. And what that brought from... <laughs> It brought to my attention, I don't know, but did your mom ever take you to, like, there used to be where you could only get Hello Kitty stuff at the Hello Kitty store. Do you oh, remember yes. that? Yes, it was okay. not like it is now. That's yes, right. it was a big deal. I know. You can go to Target and get Hello Kitty, but I remember just before there was just this little unique store, something like Claire's, but it was only Hello Kitty things. And I always, when we had the opportunity to go, you know, my mom would give me a budget and you can buy this, you know, whatever you want to buy. And I would have $5 or whatever. And I used to treasure all of that. And journals, I say all that to say, (laughs) journals with Hello Kitty was one of the things that I loved as well. Oh, the pencils. I remember somebody would, you know, ask to borrow your pencil, and they had, like, a special cute matching eraser, and you really didn't want to let them borrow it. And I remember one girl borrowed it, and she sharpened it so much that half the pencil was gone, and the eraser was gone. And this was not a pencil that I used. It was just for show in my pencil box. Thank you. And getting it back at the end of the day, and I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, it was a a twinkle of little stars. You remember them? You know, the little boy and little girl? Yes, and it was like half a gone eraser had been destroyed. It had, you know, the lead mark. Oh, it was awful. And I just wanted to cry looking at my poor little pencil. It was only for show. Yeah. You know, I was going to use my regular stupid yellow pencil for math and keep mm-hmm. that one for mm-hmm. And She has to borrow it. And, you know, lesson learned. Don't share your Hello Kitty pencils. Oh, that's right. Never, 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 never. I always, <laughs> held, I always held on to those as well. Well, one thing that I've kind of looked at was your your covers for Landry's True 
True Color series and your cover for Next Door to a Star. And and they're both um, somewhat very different. Do you have someone that designed your covers? How do you collaborate with your designer for your covers of your books? Well, for Next Door to a Star, Limitless Publishing took care of that. Uh-huh. Um, I just built out a sheet kind of like how I pictured Hadley Daniels to look and a little bit about the story. Um, but for the Landry's True Color series, for True Colors and Best Friends Forever, I had a little more input um, with Clean Reads as the publisher, and Cora Graphics is the one that did those two covers. And she, you know, sent me pictures of cover models, you know. Mm-hmm. And I picked the one because she kind of looked like family, but the Landry kind of looked like family because, I mean, Landry is blonde with blue eyes, but I didn't want, you know, the, the surfer girl. I wanted her to, I just wanted to connect with the character, and she looked like family, and I was actually contacted by the real girl, um, and she's actually in Poland, which is kind of funny because that's where that side of the family that I was thinking of is from uh, originally. So we, you know, they sent me pictures of the, the other girls, you know, the Ashanti and Peyton and stuff, and um, I really, I really liked how they turned out. Um, with Best Friends Forever having the school in the background, mm-hmm. having Peyton and Ashanti, and of course, Slotty Yadunu's in that one, too, you yeah. know. They really catch relationship- your eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was what would you consider to be the hardest part in writing um Best Friends Forever or True Colors? What would be the hardest part? Oh, for me it was going back to the argument that she had with Devin where she tells Devin what people have been saying behind her back. Mm-hmm. Um her their friend India is kind of goes to a game behind Devin's back with the, the guy that Devin likes. And he's obviously interested in India, but that doesn't make it hurt any less. And so at first, I'm not going to say anything because um, India asked her not to, but Landry does not like the idea of going behind someone's back. And so when she tells Devin and they turn and they flip it and they try to make it seem like Landry's trying to cause trouble, that really hurt because I've dealt with that before. There's a very delicate situation where you know, someone's doing something wrong and you don't want to be put in the middle, but you need to kind of stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. This person needs to know. And that was hard. And then when she had the fight with Ashanti, I really, I felt that, that uncomfortable when you go to school and your friends aren't talking to you. I really went back to that eighth grade year where that mm-hmm. happened to me. And I really felt all that. So that was very difficult because I remember how that felt, just the, the day just dragged on. And then, of course, something happens with Vladdy during that time, and you feel all alone. Um, and it's just, you know, when you're a kid, that's your whole world. That's right. You know, if you have a friend mad at you, that's just the mm-hmm. end all and end all. It really so is. That, yeah, that was hard because I, I really went back to all that. I remembered all those old feelings and put them all into the book. Well, and clearly for you, you truly know who your audience is. There, there isn't any doubt um, with your with your series who the audience is. So, tell us a little bit about as you're writing um, for this young adult group of kiddos, and possibly I would say, you know, upper upper middle grade as well. What advice would you give them for those that are getting ready to? start out and maybe they have a a story on their mind, they're ready to write it down, what advice would you have for a young person? Well, the advice that I got, um, which I think was just the best advice I could have gotten, was to read as much as you can from the genre you want to write. Um, The more you read, you're learning not just storylines, but you're learning how to plot. 
um, you, there's so much that you pick up from books that you don't even realize. You think you're just reading a story and enjoying it, but you also pick up how the flow goes. Um, keeping a journal is also key, but don't hang on too hard to those first stories because you've got to write a lot of bad stories and get them out mm-hmm. before you get to good ones. But I would also suggest um, going to a creative writing class or going to sit in, like, as a kid and as a teenager, I'd often go to the library when they would have an author speak. And obviously, I'm not going to raise my hand and ask questions as a teenager, you know. But just going and sitting in the back and listening to them talk about their craft was completely different than what I thought it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful to hear these professional authors talk about their daily life. And I didn't know what a query letter was. And then all of a sudden, you start hearing about the process. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how, you know, authors go about getting published. So I say at an early age, go to author events in your local libraries and the bookstores and just listen and try to gather as much like my mom used to say, you know, go and be a little sponge, absorb everything, take every opportunity. There are things also like internships that might, you might think have nothing to do with your writing. And I was encouraged by a, a writer that came to my college to do a TV internship. And it was very strange because the day before it actually been offered one, I thought, how does she know that? <laughs> so I had no intention of taking it because I really wasn't that interested, but my mom kept pushing the journalism side. Mm-hmm. And so when this woman, this you know stranger, said to me, you should look into doing a TV internship, I did one that kind of helped me. And it really did. Any, any experience that you can bring to the table as a writer is good. So I would say, you know, go out, listen to writers, talk about their crafts because you will pick up on things. And you kind of get, get a head start because a lot of people don't come into it until after college. And if you kind of go along the way, kind of learn the craft and really take as many literature classes as you can because that is like learning from the masters. You learn a lot in creative writing, but when you take a literature class, you learn so much. And I really even would say over taking a creative writing class, take some lit classes first. Oh, and you know what? That is perfect, perfect advice. Um, just recently, my um, co-blogger that reviews as well with the Leisure Moment, Mariah, she posted something on my Facebook wall the other day, and it was an assignment for her literature class. And the literature class, I think it was children's literature, and on the syllabus, it said, uh, be sure to um, create so many book reviews. And we just kind of both chuckled about it because, you know, of course, she's going to be able to do that. But, you know, how exciting that she's going to be able to take that children's literature um, college course. And she has to write reviews, something that she already does. So that's perfect (laughs) advice, wonderful advice. Well, Thank you, Kristen, so much for spending your time with us this afternoon. September is a big month for you. You have Next Door to a Star coming out on the 1st on, I believe that's Tuesday. And then you have your big block tour that's coming out for Best Friends Forever. And I think some of those stops are going to have some guest posts and um, some excerpts from the book. So that'll be exciting for readers. Yeah, working hard on those now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon, and I hope you have a wonderful, great day. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to you. You as well. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.